Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Amen. While you're still standing, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6 again. Isaiah chapter 6. We've been in this series that we had entitled Vision 2020. And uh, Lord's willing, this will, this will wind our uh, series up on vision. It's been, I think, my desire has been to plant some things in you as we uh, step out of 2019 and step into a new year, new opportunities, new beginnings. Uh, if you want to achieve new opportunities and new goals, it might require laying some old things down and trying some new things. Amen? So one of the things that we, we've been focusing on in this series is the importance of getting a vision of God, getting a fresh vision of God. Isaiah had this vision of God, uh, and uh, he saw God. He saw uh, God on his throne. He saw the angels worshiping around the throne. And so uh, let's, I want to just go, I want to go back and start at verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to read down. Uh, through verse 8, and uh, I want to talk to you this morning concerning the call of God, the call of God. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, today that your word is living and powerful. 
And so, Lord, this morning as we uh, go into this time of focusing on your word, we know that without you, Holy Spirit, we're nothing. So we just yield to you today. We submit to your authority this morning. Speak today, not what I want to say, but speak what you desire to say. Help us today not to hear just what I want to hear, but God, help us to hear your voice and your heart. And Father, we'll give you the praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. I don't plan to be long this morning. I want to get you out uh, as quickly as possible. But uh, I want to finish this series off today by making this statement that in, in this room today, in this sanctuary this morning, there's a call from heaven that is going out to every man and every woman, every boy and every girl that's in this building today. God is calling. He is speaking. You might say, well, pastor, I don't hear him. It might be that you're not listening for him because God is speaking in this place today. He is speaking to you this morning. Those that might be here today that that you have a relationship with Christ, God is speaking to you as I speak. Those of you that are here this morning that you do not have a relationship with Christ, you've never made him the Lord of your life, he is speaking to you right now. You know why I know that? Because God is always speaking, but it's ears that are willing to hear that will catch what God is saying. It is God's desire and his greatest will today is that everyone that's in this room this morning have a personal knowledge of who he is. God wants to come into your life today. God wants to be real to you this morning. Think about this, the God of heaven that sits upon the throne of heaven desires to come and dwell in us this morning. That's what he desires to do, sir, and that's what he desires to do, ma'am, this morning. Isaiah was probably much like you and I are in his young life. He was probably, he was, he was a man. He, he, I'm sure that he had problems. I'm sure that he had situations in his life uh, that, Paul, that caused uh, him to worry and stress out. But there was a day that, that we understand that Isaiah was in the temple. And on that particular day, God broke through into Isaiah's life and did something that transformed Isaiah. Isaiah responded to what God did, and Isaiah transformed his world. Listen, guys. God wants to do something in you, but he first must do something in you before you can transform your world. There are those of you that are in here this morning and you've got situations and circumstances going on in your life and you wonder, how in the world am I ever going to get straight? How, 
How will I ever get over this situation? Well, I challenge you this morning to yield your ears to God and hear what God is saying because I believe he wants to use you to change your world. Listen, Isaiah had this vision. And I want to repeat what I've said earlier. Isaiah starts out with a vision that he sees God. He sees something. He looks up. He has a vision of heaven. And he saw the Lord seated on a throne. He saw the Lord uh, and, and the, the, he said that the train of his robe literally filled the temple. Isaiah saw God high and lifted up. And he heard the sound that was coming from the seraphim as they were singing, holy, holy, holy to the Lord. And uh, as, as a result of Isaiah seeing God and, and getting a vision of God that he had never had before, it caused Isaiah to react by looking inward. You will never come in contact with a holy God that it will not cause you to look inside of yourself. A sin, that is the reason that a sinful man can never stand before God because sin can never be in the face of God. Isaiah looked up had a vision of God, and then it caused him to look inward. It caused him to see his depravity and his sinfulness. And as a result of Isaiah beginning to see his inward depravity, the Bible says that he responded by making this confession, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And the Bible says that as a result of Isaiah's confession to God, that I've got sinful lips. I've got a sinful mouth. We talked last week on allowing God to fix your lips, allowing God to do something with your mouth, that you stop speaking negative. You stop speaking depression. You stop speaking defeat and death on yourself and on your situation. And let God do a work to your lips that God can use your lips to pour forth the blessing and the anointing of his presence. That you can begin to speak life out of your mouth. Listen, God gave you two eyes to see, two ears to hear, but he gave you one mouth that can speak. It doesn't matter what I hear with my ears. It doesn't matter what I see with my eyes. It's what comes out of my mouth that will make the difference in my life. You can look out and say, well, it's going to storm. My life is going down the drain, and my life is nothing of any value, and you can speak death on yourself because of what you're seeing with your eyes or what what you're hearing with your ears or you can look at the storm and say I know the master of the storm you can look at your problem and say I know the healer or you can look and, and you can hear what the doctors are saying and you can say I choose to listen to what the voice of God is saying you see the Bible says that Isaiah when he came in contact with God. And guys, I want you to know this morning that if you want to see things change in 2020, have an encounter with God. 
I'm not talking about some little religious experience. I'm not talking about every once in a while get a little dab of Jesus and go on for a few months and never mention his name anymore. I'm talking about getting in touch with God. I'm talking about getting up in God's lap and letting God touch your life. Listen, our world is is filled, our culture is filled with religious people, but religious people will not change their situation. Religion will not do your situation any good. Religion will not make this world a better place. It will only continue uh, to bring it into more bondage. What will make my world better is when I get in relationship with Jesus and I have an encounter with God that changes my life when I quit looking vertically and begin to look horizontally and see God for who he is and begin to see his majesty and his power and his glory when I begin to see that I cannot help but walk away a changed man or a changed woman listen it doesn't matter how much addiction is on your life it doesn't matter how much alcoholism runs in your family. It doesn't matter if your daddy did it, your mama did it, and your grandparents and your great-grandparents. When you come in contact with a holy God, it cannot help but be changed. You will be set free and delivered by the power of God. I done started slobbering. Y'all better look out. Little slobber coming your way. But Isaiah had this vision of God and it changed him. Listen, when you have an encounter with God, you will be changed. I love discipleship and I believe that discipleship is extremely important in the house of God. But listen, I am, I am sick of hearing people and, and looking at programs that if you go through this program, it will change your life. If you do this, it will change your life. Listen, the way that I came up and the way that many of you came up, that when you came and gave your life to the, to the Lord, that, that you stayed in the altar until you had an encounter with God. And because of that encounter with God, they didn't have to sing, send a team out for you on Monday uh, to find you. They didn't have to send a phone uh, robocall out on Sunday. Saturday evening to beg you to come to church because I had an encounter with God and because I had an encounter with God I couldn't wait for the door of the church to open I couldn't wait for the next opportunity when I could get on my face before God I had gotten a little bit but I would get in God's uh, presence and say God what I had yesterday is not good good enough today I've got to have more of you Isaiah had this vision of God, and he said, Woe is me. And when he said, Woe is me, for I am a man undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live in a world that's filled with people that are unclean. When he said that, listen, there are things that I must do that God cannot do. There are steps that you and I must take that God will not step until we take those steps. 
Remember Moses with a burning bush? The Bible says that he saw a bush on fire in the wilderness. And he said, I'm going to stop and see what this is about. Had Moses just looked and saw that burning bush and continued on his way, he would have never had an encounter with God. But because he said, I got to check this out, and he began to step toward that burning bush, there was a place that he got to that a voice came out of the burning bush and said, son, you are on holy ground. You got to take your brogans off if you want to get any closer. Listen, there are things that you and I must understand about God. He is holy. He is almighty. He is all powerful. He is all knowing and he is all seeing. But there comes a time in my life that I've got to make some steps toward God if I want God to do something in my life. I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture that Isaiah saw God. He had a vision of God. He had, a, he had an encounter with God that caused him to look inside and see himself as, as undone and unclean. But once he did that, he spoke something out of his mouth when he said, Woe is me. That was a confession of his sin. And when he did that, I want you to notice that God began to take the initiative to take it from there. There's a place in your life that when you get really desperate for God, that you will begin to speak things out of your mouth that will open the door for the God of heaven to come and say, I'll take it from here. You can say, well, brother, I just believe and, and, and all that. Well, you can believe, but there's some steps that's got to go with your believing. Isaiah made these steps, <clears throat> and the Bible says that when he did that, when he made these steps, when he spoke some things out of his mouth, when he confessed his sin before God, verse 6 tells us, that one of the seraphims flew to him, having that live coal of fire from off the altar and touched Isaiah's lips and laid it on his lips. And he said, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. And then in verse 8, Isaiah said this. He said, I heard a voice saying to me, whom shall I send and who will go for us. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The question is, God is asking that question in 2019. Who can I send and who will go for us? Every man and woman in this building today, you've got people or you've got a people group that God has designated for you to be the one, to be the mouthpiece of heaven that would bring light into their lives and redeem them from darkness. God has never saved and, listen, God would never send his son down to this earth to suffer and die and, and be shamed and reproached by man just 
to save you so that you could sit on a church pew and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm ready to go. I just can't wait till I get to heaven. Praise the Lord. While your neighbors are dying and going to hell. God is calling today. He never asked a question to us that he does not already know the answer. But he questions us many times so that when we give the answer, it will either reveal a revelation to us or it will reveal a weakness in our lives. In other words, when God looked at Isaiah and said, Whom shall I send and who shall go for me? God already knew the answer, but what was he doing? He was trying to solicit a, a, a confession again out of the mouth of Isaiah. He wanted to hear those words come out of Isaiah, and more than that, Isaiah needed to hear those words come out of his mouth. You need to soak on that for just a little bit. Don't let it go real fast or you'll miss it. God already knew the answer when he said, who can I send? Who will go for me? Who will go for us? Notice that word us there. By the way, I believe that refers to the Trinity. But who will go for us? And who can I send? God already knew it because he's all-knowing. But he was soliciting something out of Isaiah's mouth that Isaiah would declare, here am I. Send me. You remember in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, uh, when God came down in the cool of day and Adam and Eve had already partaken of the forbidden fruit and, and they had hid themselves and God came down in the midst of the garden and said, where are you? God already knew where they was. He already knew where they were. But he was soliciting a response from Adam. He already knew. Then he looked, remember that he looked at Eve in Genesis 3 and 13. He said, what have you done? He already knew what Eve had done. But he was get, trying to get a confession out of Eve. Remember in the book of Exodus with Moses, when God called Moses and Moses was backstepping and said, God, I can't do this. God, I'm not eloquent in speech. I'm not able to do what you're asking me to do. God looked at him and said, Moses, what is that in your hand? God already knew what was in Moses' hand. It was a rod. But why did God ask Moses that question? Because he was trying to get Moses to understand that it didn't matter how weak he felt. It didn't matter his inabilities. That God was saying, I'm just looking for your availability. Many of us that are sitting here today, and I have to confess that I went through this a long time ago, and I'm righteous right now, so I'm just saying it to you. But I have looked at God so many times and said, God, that is beyond my ability to do that. 
Really what I was saying was, God, that is beyond my comfort zone. But I've discovered that God is not uh, concerned about my ability, but he is concerned about my availability. God never throughout Scripture looked at an individual and said, I see your ability so I can use you. God always chooses men and women that do not have a natural ability and he does a supernatural work in them and gives them the ability to do what he's asking them to do. I remember the story of Ezekiel standing on the side of a mountain looking down through a valley that was filled with dry bones, skeletal remains of, of and bones that had dried up and the sun had dried them up and deterioration had already taken place. And, and Ezekiel, this great prophet of God, is standing there and, and he's looking out across this valley of dry bones that represented the nation of Israel that, that was in death rose and died and all of that. And, and I remember uh, in that story in Ezekiel, 37 that God looked at Ezekiel and he asked him this question can these bones live Ezekiel said God you know I don't know but you know and then God did something so spectacular he spoke to a human being a man that was standing there and his eyes were trying to dictate to his mind that nothing would ever happen. What he was seeing with his eyes was trying to relay the message to his spirit that this is gone too far and it will never happen. And then the voice of God says, can these bones live? And, and Ezekiel said, God, I don't know, but you know. And then God did something that was way off the wall and, and way uh, contrary to what uh, Ezekiel was seeing. And, I, and God said to Ezekiel, he said, son of man, begin to speak to these bones. You remember what I was saying a while ago? You can't let your eyes dictate to your spirit what you're seeing. you got to get something that will come out of your mouth because faith uh, uh, coming out of the mouth of a man or a woman of God, the devil can't stop it. The devil can't defeat it. Hell can't uh, uh, do anything to stop it. When words begin to come out of your mouth that are speaking life that is contrary to your situation even contrary to the revelation that you thought you had Ezekiel began to speak Amen. the rest is history listen so many times God looks and says I want you to do something I want you to be a, a voice for me Can I stop right there? And, and I'm, my goodness, I got 20 more minutes. Can I tell you something this morning? Husbands, wives, moms and dads, if there's ever been a time that your children, your grandchildren, needed to hear a voice coming out of you that is beyond who you are, it is today. 
You need to begin to speak what God is saying. You need to begin to declare what God says, sir and ma'am, in your house. Turn the TV off. Turn the news off. Turn the soap operas off for a little while and begin to speak life over your children. Begin to declare the word of God over your children. That's what this generation needs to hear. They need to hear a voice that's coming from heaven. So many times, God is wanting to do great things, but we give excuses for why we can't do it. There's a story in the book of Luke, chapter 14, about a man that, cre- that uh, put together a great supper. The Bible says that he made this great supper and he, he invited many people to come. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And uh, he sent his servants out at supper time to tell them to come because supper is ready. The Bible says that the servant went out and began to bid all those that were invited guests to come. Come. The table is set. The food is ready. Come and eat. I want you to get this picture. If you're a mom or a wife that has ever fixed a meal, prepared a huge meal, made sure everything was right, made sure it was all set on the table, only to get a phone call and say, Baby, I'm not going to be able to make it home tonight. Mom, I'm not going to be able to make it to dinner tonight. And you sit there and you got a table full of food with nobody to eat it. Jesus gave this parable and he sent his servants out to invite those and tell them it was ready. But the Bible says that they all, they all began to make excuse of why they could not do it. The first one said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I got to go see it. Please have me excused. Just in a few seconds, glance back over the past few weeks and months and ask yourself, how many times has God spoke to you? How many opportunities has God given you to do something for his kingdom? But the excuse came up that I just don't have time. I just don't have the ability. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not good enough with people to do that. I can't stop doing this. I've tried, but I just can't stop. I can't lay this habit down. I've tried, but I just can't do it. Maybe God is saying today, stop the excuses. It's quiet. I'm going to move on. But we've got two more excuses to go through, so just hold on. All right? 
He went to another and said, supper's ready. And the man said, look, I bought five uh, head of cows, five yoke of oxen, and I got to go test them. I got to go check them out, make sure that they're good. Please have me excused. And he went on down to another and he said, I married a wife and I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his Lord the things that he had heard. And then the master of the house was angry and said to this servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor the maimed, the halt, and the blind. Can I say this this morning? It is because of the excuses of many of our forefathers that you and I are sitting here today. What they refuse to do, God has given you and I the opportunity to do it today. You and I are the generation of the halt, the maimed, and the lame that God has brought in and invited us to his supper. Listen, Isaiah, when God spoke and touched his lips and said, Who will go for me? Who shall we send and who will go for us? Isaiah said these words, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. What's the big deal of that Here am I, send me. I said this when we first started. This, this particular passage of Scripture is, has always been dear to my heart because it was the first passage of Scripture that I ever publicly stood behind a pulpit and read. The, the very first Scripture that I ever read publicly. I read it not knowing what I was reading because if I had known what I was reading, I probably would have read something else. But I read it, and, and uh, the man in the audience stood up when I finished and said, Son, I don't know you and you don't know me, but what you just talked about is the calling that God has put on your life. And it scared the daylights out of me. And I began to run, and I began to come up with excuses. I began to say, God, I can't do this. I went from I can't till I won't. God, I won't do this. I will not be a pastor. I will not be a preacher. And I, and I, I believe that God was like some of those kids today with those lights. He was sitting up in heaven just playing on his violin. That when you get through saying you can't, when you get through saying you won't, you are. But every excuse that you could think of, I began to speak, God, I cannot do this. I don't want to do this. But God has a way of arresting our attention. And God has a way that when he puts a finger on an individual, sir, you cannot outrun what God 
is saying to you today. And I want to just go ahead and just speak a word of prophecy right here. There's somebody that's sitting in here this morning. You've been down every dirt road there is. You've been through every mud hole imaginable. But God brought you here this morning. And these words that I'm saying to you right now are zipping into your spirit. They're cutting you like a knife going into your spirit. And God is saying you will not get away from the call that I put on your life. For I have called you, God said, from way back before you were ever born. My hand was upon your life. And he said, listen, listen. He said, I call generations before you. I call people before you. And they went the other way when I called them. And you thought they have messed you up. But God said, my finger is on your life, sir. And my calling is upon your life. And it doesn't matter how far you run. doesn't matter where you go. You will not get away from the call that I have placed on your life. The greatest joy that you will ever experience is when you say, yes, Lord. Lord, here am I, send me. That will be the greatest joy that you have ever experienced in your life. Listen. The hardest thing that I could ever imagine in my life was being a preacher a pastor, because I had no natural ability to do it. I was terribly shy, terribly timid, and terribly introverted. And what God was asking of me went against every one of those areas in a big-time way. And so the hardest thing that I could imagine was laying that down and doing what God was asking me to do, and it scared me to death. But can I tell you something this morning? David, when he went out on the battlefield that day carrying some bologna sandwiches, to his brothers in the battle. They had baloney back then. You just, it's not, you didn't read it in the Bible. Oscar Meyer already made them weenies and all that, and they had some baloney. But David went out carrying some sandwiches to his brothers that day on the battlefield. David was an untrained warrior. He had never been to, uh, battle school. He was an unprofessional soldier. He knew nothing about fighting in a warfare, hand-to-hand combat. But yet, when this young man looked at Goliath, instead of seeing a giant, David saw a dwarf. David saw a little man that everybody else was looking at and saying, there's a giant. David looked at him and said, there's one that is defiling the house of God. 
the name of Jesus, the name of God. Everybody else in the army was looking through their two God-given eyes and they were seeing the giant. But David looked through the eyes of his spirit and saw a man that was defiling the name of God. David reacted to that. He didn't have any ability. He didn't have any uh, training. He wasn't prepared for it. But yet when he stepped out there, God prepared him for it. Listen, the greatest time that I've ever known in my life is when I realized, God, you're not calling my timidity. God, you're not calling my shyness. God, you're not calling my introvertedness. But God, you're calling my heart. And when I released my heart to God, then God dealt with all of that stuff that I said, I can't do this. I can't go there. I can't be that. I'll never be able uh, to stand in front of people. And God took all of that away and said, I will give you the ability and I will give you the power and I will anoint this weak vessel of yours and I will raise it up and I will use it as a mouthpiece to affect my generation of people. And so when I said, here am I, Lord, send me. God changed my life. Listen, can I tell you something this morning? That the difference between your ability and what God is calling you to do is one thing, the grace of God. That is the only difference between your ability And what God is calling you to do, it is his grace. So, I am without excuse. Because when I say I can't, I am saying it to the one that the kids did the drama about today. Said, let there be light and poof. So here's the thing. In 2020, I can continue to go down the same roads that I went down 2019. And I will continue to get the same results that I've got throughout this year. But if I decide and make up in my mind that I'm going to change some things, I am going to shift some things around I'm not going to go, not going to continue what I did in 2019. And I make up my mind that I am going to pursue Christ. I'm going to pursue the call that God's placed on my life. That's when I'm going to begin to see things change. Here's the thing, guys, and I'm going to close. Worship team, if you guys want to come. Here's the thing. Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Isaiah stepped away from that encounter with God. And he began to prophesy things like a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. He began to prophesy things 
such as there's one coming who's going to be mightier. The government's going to be on his shoulder. It's going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah began to prophesy to a generation, to a nation that had backslidden to turn from their wickedness and turn back to God. Isaiah began to prophesy in Isaiah 53 that there was one that was going to come and he was going to carry my wounds and my transgressions. He was going to be bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was going to be upon him and with his stripes I would be healed. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, Dylan, if Isaiah understood that day. Come here. Bring your Bible. Come up here. Son, there's an anointing on your life that is so much bigger than what you can imagine. And all the way from your mother's womb, even before God has called you. I want you to turn this way. I want you to look up. I want you to picture something here. I wonder, I wonder, just a few short days down the road, if what you are looking at today if you could imagine I never would have imagined that God would do with Dylan what he's doing with Dylan. I wonder if Isaiah was standing there that day at attention before God, just looking up to heaven. Probably all these things going through his mind, all of these questions and all these things because I just saw I saw heaven. I saw God, Sister Tracy. I saw him. I saw him. I saw, I saw the angels. I saw the angels and they were, they were going around the throne crying, Holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah's just standing there and he's transfixed on this vision of God and, and these words have come out of his mouth saying, here am I, send me. And all these things are going through his mind and all these questions and he's mesmerized by what he saw. But I wonder, 
if Isaiah could have ever imagined that what God was going to bring out of here all the way up through there and out of those lips I wonder if Isaiah could have ever imagined that in 2019 December that we would be standing on another continent saying and talking about the words that had come out of his mouth why because he simply said God here am I send me just this past week one of the great generals of our faith Reinhard Bonnke passed away Millions and millions of people on the continent of Africa were touched by his voice and by his ministry. If you could go back and look at the beginning, he would have never thought when he said, Okay, God, I'll do it. I'll go. You see... Because of our humanity, we can't see and we don't know. But because of God's unlimited power and unlimited vision, God's already seen. God already knows that there's a, there's a, there's a people group that this young man is going to awaken. See, most of us don't move because we're looking at it through the natural eye and saying, what, what does it matter? But it matters. Would you stand with me, please? I know they've got a, another song that they're going to sing this morning. But there's an old song that we used to sing in camp meetings. And in church when I grew up. And I don't know all of it. But it, it goes a little bit like this. There's a call comes ringing from the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Sister Sandy standing back there saying, please don't ask us to go there. I just knew she was going to say, here I am, send me. <laughs> send the light. Send the light. There's souls to rescue. There's souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. That blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light. Send the light. Jesus is calling this morning. He's calling, sir and ma'am, and he's knocking on the door of your heart, saying it's time for us to step out of the ordinary. 
and step in to the extraordinary. 2020, I believe, is going to be a pivotal year for the kingdom of God. I believe the future of this nation is going to pivot on the year 2020. You and I are the church. We are the ones that have been called. So I'm going to ask this morning as they sing, I'm going to ask you if you're, if you're willing to be willing to allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. I'm going to ask you this morning to take a step of faith and step out from where you're, you are now and say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. God, whatever you want, here I am. Send me. As they sing this morning, would you step out in response to God's calling? When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the this morning and there are a lot of unknowns there are a lot of questions there are those that are still standing at your seat and there are a lot of unknowns and a lot of questions and because of that you've been hesitant to step out but listen if God is who he says he is and I believe that he is do you not know that your little unknowns he's already got them figured out and can I tell you something this morning God might simply be calling you to become a prayer warrior he might simply be calling you to begin to be a witness on your job or in your school I don't know what God's calling you to do but I am sure of this, that he's calling you to affect your generation. So all that you and I can do today is just simply say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Would you say that with me this morning? Father, here I am. I don't know the future. I don't know the plan. But here I am. 
I commit to you. I submit today. I take it out. God, you've been my co-pilot for years and years. I'm fixing to pull offside the road and get out. I want you to drive, and I'm going to ride with you. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I believe God is speaking to some Isaiahs here today. Here I am. Here I am. I believe God is saying there's some Isaiahs in the house this morning that you've got a prophetic voice and all he's been looking for is yes, yes, yes. So as they, as they finish this song this morning, I just want you to say, God, here I am. Whatever you want from me, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm not qualified, but I know that you will qualify me. I don't have the ability, but I'm available. I'm available. Here I am, Lord.
Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Bigger than all of my problems. Bigger than all of my cares. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. He is a great and mighty God. The life that is committed to him is unstoppable and unshakable. Remember that. Father, God, this morning I thank you today that I believe, Father, in this building this morning, Father, around the altar and even those that are in the audience, there have been men, ladies, young men and young ladies that have committed to you. They've said, Father, here I am. Take me, use me, send me. Now, Father, Lord, your word said that when Isaiah did that, that you responded and you took it from there. So I thank you this morning, Holy Spirit, that you are going to take it from here. We presented ourselves to you as vessels. Now, Father, fill us up. Fill us up. Pour us out on our job, in our schools, in our homes, to our children, to our grandchildren. Pour us out, Father. Let us affect our world for you. And, Lord, we thank you today. We give you praise and we honor you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. amen.